I'm sure that everyone watching this would almost certainly agree that there's a ton of gray area in all aspects of poker. One of the topics that a lot of players share different opinions on is hand selection and opening ranges preflop, because a lot of it has to do with table dynamics, stack sizes, and reads on the other players involved in the hand. So what I'm going to do for this slide is show you the three things that should help you decide whether or not to play the hand you're dealt. I want to mention that I picked this up from my good friend Andrew Seidman, aka Beluga Whale, who has a chapter on this stuff in his amazing book titled Easy Game, so if you get a chance, you should definitely check it out. Whether you should open a hand or not depends on the number and the, and the degree to which you have one of the three advantages on your opponents. The first advantage is card advantage, and it's the most basic way to acquire equity out of the three, because if you have one of the ultra-premium hands, like Ace-Ace-Jack-10 double-suited, we're going to be in the pot regardless of how bad our position is or how skilled the other players in the hand are. When we're in position, our cards naturally have more value for a variety of reasons. It's easier to pump money into the pot when we have the best of it, it's easier to apply pressure when we feel like bluffing away, it's easier to control the size of the pot, and against almost all players, hand reading becomes much easier as well. What this means is that we can play a wider range of hands in position much more profitably than when we're out of position. The last of the three is skill advantage, and it's by far the most important of the three. The long-term goal in poker, and therefore our profit, is the sum of the difference between our mistakes and the mistakes of our opponents. Against weak players, the value of our hand goes up, because not, because not only will they naturally be making more mistakes because, well, because they suck, we can also take lines that force them to make even more mistakes than they normally would. By now you might be thinking, okay, this makes a lot of sense, but how can I use it to make me more money at the tables? Good question. See, the key is to internalize these, and then get in the habit of weighing their importance and relevancy against one another. Before you decide to play a hand, get in the habit of making an honest and objective assessment about where the value in your hand is going to come from. Literally, stop and ask yourself, how am I going to make money with this hand? Will it be from outplaying in post-flop? Will it be because my hand is so strong that it doesn't matter? How many players are going to be in the pot if I raise? For example, if you're in position against a weak player, you don't need hardly any type of card advantage to play profitably, because he'll be making so many mistakes to compensate for the lost card advantage. On the other hand, if you're out of position against a solid aggressive opponent, you're going to need stronger cards to compensate for being out of position. To put it simply, at the tables, these are the factors that allow you to control who you play against and under what circumstances. Like everything else we've talked about, the decisions you make pre-flop are based almost entirely on creating the most profitable post-flop situation for yourself in terms of the big three that we outlined in lesson two. So as we move further into the lesson, the main consideration for wh whether we should be opening any given hand will be centered around what our position, SPR, and number of opponents in the pot are likely to be post-flop. For example, let's start off with early position opening ranges. When we open from under the gun, more often than not, we're going to find ourselves in a single-raised, multi-way pot where we're out of position for the entire hand. So using everything that we've learned up to this point, what types of hands do you think we can open profitably from early position? Let's go to the next slide and find out. It probably won't surprise you that your tightest opening range at the table should be from under the gun, and it's made up of the strong, nutty, multiple-component hands like the ones you see here. Most good players open anywhere from 8 to 15% of hands from under the gun, but you can obviously make adjustments depending on what kind of table you're at. If there's a fish in the blinds and you're at a table full of nits, 
then you can open a wider range because you'll have position on the fish more often. If you're at a table full of strong aggressive players, then tightening up is the way to go. But regardless of table dynamics, an easy rule of thumb is that it's safe to open any four cards, nine or higher, that are suited to the ace from any position at the table. Here's something that'll help you remember what to open from early position with. Back when I was in high school, one of my buddies came up with a nickname to describe the girls that had really sexy bodies, but with faces that looked like catcher's mitts. He called them butterfaces. You know, everything but a face, get it? Telling a girl she's a butterface probably won't be good for your love life, but I think it's pretty useful for describing what types of hands you should be looking to open under the gun with. If your hand is everything but a face card, it's probably worth giving it a second thought before opening it. Some exceptions to the butterface rule are hands with supreme connectedness and suitedness, like 7-8-9-10 double suited, or double paired hands like 10-10-9-9. Hands like these play well in almost any scenario, regardless of number of opponents in position. One of the most common leaks that I plug in my students is when they're opening with too many hands under the gun. Hands like queen 10 8 6 double suited or 7-6-5-3 single suited are easy opens in late position, but they're easy folds from under the gun. Let me explain a little bit further. See, a few slides ago, we established that if you don't have a card advantage on your opponents, well then you're going to need a positional advantage, or a skill edge to play any given hand profitably. In PLO, since the equities are closer, position becomes a more important factor, particularly since there's more multi-way action. So again, let's think about what kind of post-flop situation we create for ourselves when we open with a hand like, say, 7653 single suited from under the gun. Let's say we open and get one caller in late position and one out of the blinds. When we, when we miss the board, how are we going to proceed? How many boards are we going to be comfortable getting some heat on? When we don't flop the straight or two pair, how many boards will, become, will we be comfortable c-bet bluffing into two other players? And let's say we c-bet and get called by the player in position. How do we feel about barreling with a hand that doesn't pick up equity on later streets nearly as often as big cards? There's a few problems with opening the lower single and double suited categories of hands. First, remember that players are more likely to play big cards than they are small cards. What this means is that the boards that 7653 flops strong on, it's going to be tough for you to win stacks, or cooler other players, because most of the hands that fit into that board texture are probably in the muck preflop. Not only that, the hands they do peel you with preflop dominate you in several ways. Mid rundowns and broadways flop stronger one pair and two pair flops, as well as stronger straight draws. All of this is compounded by the fact that you're out of position for the entire hand. So getting value out of your hand is a challenge, as is barreling later streets, especially since a hand like 7-6-5-3 doesn't pick up very many nutty turns, which means that playing later streets can be very awkward. Put more simply, when you're playing out of position, it's not only about flopping nutty hands and draws, but it's also about turning nutty made hands and nutty equity as well, because for the most part, your opponents will be peeling you with hands that an early position range dominates. A good tip that I picked up from Tom that I'd like to share with you is that he says when deciding whether or not to open, think of what your hand will look like on the turn. I like that line of thinking. Alright, moving into late position opening ranges, let's use the same process we used for early position opening ranges. When we're opening from late position, how does everything change? Well. Playing a wide range of hands in position is the bread and butter of any successful player's game, and it's where the vast majority of your profits come from. We covered all of the benefits of being in position pretty extensively in Lesson 2, so if you need a refresher about why being in position kicks so much ass, then I suggest going back and checking it out. Position helps us gain profit because information in poker is where all of the power lies. When it folds to us in the cutoff or the button, 
we have a much clearer picture of the number and type of players that are going to be in the pot with us. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that having steal percentages in the 40s and 50s is pretty common for any competent player. Like I just mentioned a second ago, the types of hands that you can play profitably in position is obviously much wider than the other positions at the table. Multiple hands with mediocre components that are generally easy folds from early position become standard opens in the cutoff and on the button. Now, I generally try to avoid using words like always or never when I'm giving advice about opening ranges. We'll talk more about this in lesson four, but for now just realize that when you're in the cutoff, don't forget to check and see what types of players, players are on the button and in the blinds, because how wide your opening ranges are is almost entirely dictated by the players behind you. If you're in the cutoff and the button is very loose or aggressive, there's really not much else you can do besides tightening up your opening range, because you'll just bleed away a ton of money by opening and folding to three bets. Additionally, it's necessary to tighten up not because you'll be out of position pre-flop, but because you'll be out of position post-flop when the pots are the biggest, and where they can apply the most pressure on you. Anyway, at your typical online 6-max, low- and mid-stakes table, besides your standard premium opens, anything double-suited or suited to the ace can typically be opened profitably. Additionally, hands that are terrible opens from early and middle position become standard opens when you're in the cutoff or on the button. Examples of these include hands like King Queen 105 single suited, 8754 single suited, 9976 single suited, and Ace King 86 single suited. There's one more thing I want to point out about late position opening ranges before we move on. One of the biggest benefits that you receive from opening and playing the majority of your hands in position is that many players misinterpret your style for being a lot looser and more aggressive than you really are. If you play the same tight ranges from every position at the table, Anybody that's paying attention will know that you're opening with only the top part of the deck, which, means, which makes it very easy to play against you post-flop. All they have to do is give you some heat on the low boards and give up on the wet and heavy boards. And since you'll almost always be holding the top part of the deck, you'll probably keep shoving your cards into the muck. See, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that playing more hands in position keeps your image loose enough so that you can get paid when you actually have the goods. One of the biggest mistakes that I see from beginning players is making blanket generalizations by glancing at a player's HUD stat and not taking into account their positional opening stats. For example, I can't tell you how many times I've done a hand history with review with a student where I see him three-bet an under-the-gun open from a quote-unquote aggressive player with a hand that doesn't play well against a standard under-the-gun opening range. When I ask him why they put in a three-bet, they almost always say, I looked at his HUD and it said he was playing a 35-25, which means he's going off. The problem with this reasoning is that HUDs only give you an average of their stats for the entire table, not, spe not specific position stats. Most of the time when you look closer at their positional stats, you'll notice that players' ranges are typically tighter from early position, and looser as they get closer to the button. Some players are positionally aware, and others aren't. But regardless, it's important to be familiar with how tight or loose their opening ranges are from each position at the table if you want to make the correct decision. To get that information, you usually have to extend the display on your HUD. The point of that mini rant was to encourage you to do the same thing as the opponent in the example. Play more hands in late position and stab at a lot of small and medium sized pots to develop a loose enough image so that you can still get paid off when you have the goods. And if you're looking for ways to crush the small and me medium sized pots, then I suggest checking out Lesson 10, Post Flop Warfare. Okay, the reasoning for playing more hands in late position should make a lot of sense by now. But if we're going to be opening more of our hands in late position, it's important to know if, how, and when to adjust your opening sizes. 
Picking the correct open size mainly depends on two things, player tendencies and stack sizes. Against weaker passive players, it's best to just open for pot, because the majority of your profit from these players comes in two ways. First, you'll be picking up a lot of dead money from these players when they check fold the flop. Remember that one of the biggest leaks that weak and beginning PLO players have is calling way too loose out of the blinds with all kinds of trashy hands that don't flop enough post-flop equity to continue very much. Not only that, even if they do check call the flop, they'll be check folding the turn more often as well, which means that the bigger the size of the pot, the more profitable your barrels become due to all of the dead money you win when you pick up the pot from double or triple barreling. Likewise, weak and passive players call down more often and get their stacks in lighter. So obviously we'd prefer to have the pot as fat as possible to maximize the value we get in these types of situations. On the other hand, against nits or aggressive players, the better option is to min open or open for 3x. Against nits or multi-tabling robots, it gives us a better price on our steal, which they'll be letting us do more often than other players. And against aggressive players who like to 3-bet out of position a lot, it leaves us with a higher post-flop SPR, so that we save money when we folded their 3-bets pre-flop or their C-bets post-flop, in addition to getting a better price to float and take it away on later streets. It also gives us a better price for leveraging our stack on the turn, and for the times that our aggressive players decide to slow down, we also get a chance to check back and realize our equity all while preserving the ability to play profitably on later streets. Hey, what's going on guys? Casino Crime here. Now if you like this video and you want more, then go ahead and click the subscribe button below right now. And if you want to join me for more of my six max success secrets and free video tutorials, just click the link to the right. See you inside the trainings. Good luck.